0: Love Talk Radio. to a better world. This is your host, Mitchell J. Rabin, and I am thrilled that you are joining us again today. Today, I'm not going to have another guest. Uh, You and I will be the speakers and the guests all wrapped up into one. I have noticed through the uh, stats that we see actually that uh, this audience seems to very much enjoy these solo shows. Well, they seem to enjoy all of them. But uh, I'm very pleased that sometimes these shows that I do myself and speak with you directly about certain subjects that seem of value and interest, if not priority to us all, are ones that very much resonate also with you. So that's heartening for me and um, engages me to do same further as time goes on. I all love having guests, and as you know, we have brought some extraordinary people to the table, the sung and the unsung heroes of society, as I like to put it. And with that, we have been stretched into so many different positions and ways of thinking. That lead to different ways then of being as well as a different level of mastery over ourselves and our minds, our health and our well-being, which is very much uh, the subject of today's show. In fact, it happens that I am at the uh, home of one of the all-time greats of Optimum Health and Wellness and that is Gary Null here down in Paradise Gardens in Naples, Florida. So I'm doing this on location where I have been teaching for the last week and a half to a few groups that are here from, generally speaking, the tri-state area, New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, um, Pennsylvania, um, a few people from uh, the West Coast, some from the Midwest, some from Canada. It's been wonderful. A really couple of lovely, very special groups, dynamic thinkers and open hearted people. And that makes these uh, experiences for everybody very wonderful. And they are uh, very, each time, a very receptive group, as was our wonderful group in uh, Texas this past June. Again, people who are open, interested, alive, and in becoming more alive. So that's where these subjects just resonate so deeply that we bring forward here in these retreats. And I'll also say and give a plug to our sister station, WBAI-FM in New York City, a uh, Pacifica radio station of which there are approximately five across the country Uh, This is a fundraiser, and that is what brought us down here. And uh, we, several of us, uh, have donated our time and services to the benefit of WBAI. And this retreat this week and last attracted just, uh, as I said, wonderful groups of people that have been very, very attuned to all of the levels of looking at, dealing with, and acting upon health and wellness. So I'm going to take some time right now to talk about that and to lay out the elements of health and wellness so there will be no confusion. Some of these are basic and some get a little more subtle. Some are known to perhaps Many, many, and others maybe not so much, but that will be determined over time. And no matter what, all of us benefit by being reminded of the different types of health choices that we can make and the different dimensions of healthy choices that we can also make. Some people think along some rather narrowed lines, even though they call themselves holistic, but in fact, it's not really very holistic at all. So we're going to make sure here on A Better World that everybody understands holism. Well, at least as well as I do, at least as well, and perhaps you can Conceive it even more broadly than me, and if so, God bless you, I am your student. So uh, just a quick reminder as we begin here of our website, two websites actually, uh, betterworld.tv, which is our obvious uh, media website for our weekly television show, Aired in Manhattan on television, community cable television, A Better World with Mitchell J. Rabin, Mondays at 7, and then Tuesday afternoons on Progressive Radio Network. That's Gary Null's station, known commonly as PRN, and this show on Blog Talk Radio, A Better World Radio with Mitchell J. Rabin, and we've been on for years um, really all together, uh, 1993 for the television show and many shows on WBAI, co-hosted, co-produced with different uh, hosts and producers there since, wow, I can't even remember quite honestly, but it's probably since, uh, well, even before my uh, beginning working uh with Gary Null. So that would go back to probably 1988 or 1989. So it's with great uh, appreciation of WBAI that we are doing what we're doing at this retreat. So getting on, first the phone number 602-753-1860, 602-753-1860, In case you want to bring forward a question or a comment, that is most welcome. So, when we look at health, let's first look at the word itself. Let's deconstruct and etymologize the word. Etymologize. Wow, I like that. To break down the word we see in the word health is the word heal. And the word heal is connected in the ancient Greek to the word holy and hallowed and ultimately sacred. And it's connected also um, by association, not by etymology, to the word psyche or psuke in the ancient Greek, which, which means breath, frankly, and also suggests mind. So we get psyche. But it's really the breath, sort of like uh, ruach in Hebrew and very much connected to the idea really of prana in Sanskrit. And if you go back another step to the Indo-European, you didn't think you were going to get a, a lecture in linguistics, did you? Well, it all starts with the word, didn't it? I didn't make that up by saying Elohim. Well, that's plural. Okay, let's just say, keep it simple. God <laughs> invented and said first, in the beginning was the word in has Logos in the ancient Greek. And we find that when we deconstruct the word, we start to get more of the elements of meaning of that word, even through time. Very interesting. Very interesting. So to go back a step before Latin, Greek, certainly, of course, the Romance languages, that goes without saying, and Sanskrit, we get what is considered a theoretical language because it was reverse-engineered, essentially, called Indo-European. And in the Indo-European, according to the American Heritage Dictionary, the word that precedes Uh, the word holy and healing in the Greek is kailos k-a-i-l-o-s and there we have the meaning that is very holistic actually because it brings forward the idea of both the holy and hallowed aspect of health and healing but it also brings forth the importance of health as something to be cultivated. And that's, of course, what we seek to do in our lives and in the work I do with so many people, in really on so many different levels. So with that said, we are dealing with something that is obviously physical in nature, emotional in nature, essentially psychological, uh, i.e. psyche, psychic, in nature, psuke, and we're dealing with something spiritual in nature. Otherwise, the word holy, hallowed, and sacred wouldn't be connected to the meaning, to the word itself, from which we get health and healing. Now, it's a different route to look at sanus, which is another related concept, obviously, from which we get sane sanity, and in French, salut, and in the other Romance languages, uh, Spanish, for instance, salud. you know, they're all very closely, clearly related. So um, when we look at this larger historical picture of health, we see that it is a mind-body enterprise. In fact, it wasn't until relatively recently in our history, human history, that is, that the idea of mind and body became two ideas, one mind, one body. They were ripped asunder, as it were. They were separated out from each other. They were divided by someone divisive. Uh, You could really take a good look at uh, René Descartes. Who was largely responsible for separating, uh, philosophically separating man from nature and mind from body, and it was a uh, um, a surgery of sorts, you could say, an analysis in the true sense, going back again to the ancient Greek to break apart, to analyze, is to break apart into its component pieces or elements, and clearly there's a lot of value to doing that. But that means that it was whole to begin with, and it had to be broken apart. And when that happens in mind, in concept, in ideology, in language, and then actually belief system, you've got a little bit of trouble on your hands, if you know what I mean. You're going to have to put Humpty Dumpty eventually back together again. And that's what holistic thinking is doing. That's what mind-body thinking is doing. And that's what I do, clearly, on this show, on the other shows, in my teaching, and in my coaching, counseling, and consulting. It all banks on a certain fundamental understanding of the interconnectedness of mind and body, and mind-body then with the so-called outer world. And those of you who listen with any regularity will know that I speak of inner ecology and outer ecology. And those are relativistic ways of representing the whole. Because, in fact, there really isn't such a thing as inner and outer, but they are on a continuum, and they appear to be distinct. And in language, they become distinct as a convenience, simply as a way of referring to different aspects and different characteristics, features, and dimensions of our otherwise true holistic inward and outward lives. Now, this is all, you know, I consider this sort of common sense, but a lot of people think that there is some kind of rigid division between in and out. It appears that way, and I I really offer it that way. It's in the world of appearance, not reality, nor are we separate from our context, our culture, or our conditions or our, really our Earth, nature, and our biology, or from that point of view, even our cosmos. We are intimately one, interconnected with the all. We are connected with it all. Indeed, we are. And it's only a function of mind, a function, not the function, of mind that gives us the sense of separateness, and there are many wonderful works uh, and literature about the true underlying and overarching sense of oneness that we can all have, and that from really a physics point of view, quantum and classical. Uh, let's stick with the quantum. Physics actually proves our connectedness with all. If we take a look for a moment at the Buddhist perspective, we see a principle, underlying principle, yes, okay, and overarching, of interdependence. Interdependence is distinct from dependent, or independent, or codependent. Interdependence is our connectedness that we are all part of an ecosystem, one large ecosystem and we are in the habitat of that ecosystem and we exist in connection and in context of everything else not separate and when we activate the higher aspects of our nervous system, meaning our prefrontal lobes, our neurocortex, our prefrontal cortex, we can have an experience, a beautifully subjective experience, by the way, of the reality of what I'm saying, because reality is really going to be cognized or maybe even better, rocked through the subjective Not the objective. Sounds funny, doesn't it? But at the end of the day, our subjective experience of our interdependence and interconnectedness is where the real value is. And yes, we do have quantum physics that we can look at, rely upon, and cite for some measure of objective um, corroboration of what it is i'm talking about let me give the phone number again before we get into some more specifics and that is 602-753-1860 602-753-1860 and anyone is welcome to call anytime to interrupt me and enjoy uh making a comment of your experience of these retreats, or your experience of seeking optimum health and wellness, or asking a question which, to which the door is always open. As you know, I am a holistic psychotherapist, communication consultant with a background, and still am a licensed acupuncturist, stress management consultant, workshop leader, and, of course, the host and producer of A Better World Radio and TV. I also write, and I've been a bit remiss lately. I've been actually just more busy to include my writing time that has slipped away and will be slipping back in short order. Uh, I've got a couple of chapters in different books such as The Code, um, The Fire from Heaven, which is about my experience in India in a particular uh, spiritual context. The Code, I should have said, is about um, a form of enlightened eco-entrepreneurism, of using capitalism for its highest human and spiritual purpose, And uh, I would dare say that's the purpose of it altogether. And we got off base to regard it purely as a material type of acquisitive um, modality. But rather than that, I really see it as a, a mode of service to each other and when used correctly. So I wrote something about that in the book, The Code, that uh, is available online, I believe, where you can contact me at mjr at betterworld.net mjr at betterworld.net in order to um, get the details about how to receive that. And the new Heart at Work. The Heart at Work was originally published Back in the late 1990s, and the authors of which are Jacqueline Miller and Jack Canfield. Uh, Jackie did a tremendous amount of work of putting this idea together, and Jack Canfield, who is known for his chicken soup of the soul series collaborated in putting this together and uh, actually I believe they even collaborated on the chicken soup of the soul series as well early in its development. And uh, Jackie is a, is a colleague and a dear friend and I am on their advisory board of partnerships for change. So I'm in, I've got a chapter or two in that newest, latest uh revised version of Heart at Work, a very beautiful, uh, motivating, inspiring book. And I hope you can go onto our website. You can locate it there. And if you don't get our newsletter, it's certainly listed there. And all of our newsletters are on the website, a betterworld.tv where you can uh, click on newsletter and get any number of different um, books of our guests, books uh, in which I have chapters, uh, Huffington Post articles that I have read, and books and films that uh, are of my guests stretching back many years. We have the Amazon links, so it's easy for you to go and see and decide what is best for you. So bearing down and on the subject of health and wellness, optimum health and wellness at that, we want to, of course, start looking first at the way we think. Yes, the way we think, because the way we think is going to be leading us in one direction or another. It will be leading us either hither or thither. (laughs) You got it. I know most people think, well, if you're going to start thinking about your health, you want to start looking at what you eat, what you drink how you exercise, how much you exercise, what are your sleep patterns. And I agree with all of that. But first, if you want to start thinking about your health and wellness, you want to start thinking about the way you think. Because where you direct your mind is going to have a major impact on your physical health. So having thoughts that are supportive of your life force growing and expanding and circulating through your physical vehicle, you got to get a handle on your mind. Yes, that's right. Of course, this is a better world with Mitchell J. Raven. Yes, this is not just some kind of class in nutrition to talk about eating live food and raw food and organic food distinct from the other types of foods. That will, too, be discussed because that is very important. But if you want to go with priority, you start with mind, the way the ancient Indian yogis were telling us from the beginning, perhaps, of time itself. Time immemorial, as have the Taoists in China essentially been saying the same thing. So should we listen? I think so. And I don't doubt for a second that there are other indigenous communities from Africa, from Australia, from South America, from the Nordic countries to the Middle East, that would corroborate the same thing. If you want to start thinking about your health, optimum health and wellness, start thinking about thinking. Look at it. How busy is it? How fast is it? How slow is it? What is the tenor of the thought what are the emotions that are associated with the thoughts do your thoughts uplift you do your thoughts depress you okay each thought has its own biochemical profile each thought has its own biohormonal profile each thought has its own bioelectrical profile now while they may not differ tremendously if they're in the uh same general grouping of good thoughts, healthy thoughts, empowering thoughts, you will be engaging and um initiating the release of neurochemicals, usually uh, endorphins of one shape or form of an or another. And they're all going to be supporting your health, your cellular um, cleansing, detoxification, empowering, and overall well-being. If your thoughts are in the other region, the lower region, that tend toward the negative, the pessimistic, um, the cynical, the overly sarcastic. You noticed I said overly. I didn't say being sarcastic. That can be very healthy. But the overly, you could say, as we talk about in Chinese medicine, excess, you start to deal with something else. You start to deal with uh, the activation of adrenaline. You start to deal with the activation of cortisol. These are actually, while very useful at certain specific. And uh, highly specified, yes, Uh, Contexts are also very toxic. They get into the bloodstream and can take days to cleanse the blood of their effect. So if you get very riled up, if you get very angry, very disturbed, very upset, it's going to be really difficult to actually cleanse yourself, not just your blood, but also your muscles. Everything is in on the act when these explosive emotions take over. Now, we were not taught any of this as youngsters, not as children, not as young adults. We were not taught the physiology of our emotions. Yet, we now know that our emotions are literally cellularly uplifting and life-affirming and life-supporting and life-empowering, or they are its opposite, life-denying, life-destroying, literally, and toxic. So, we with this information want to very much be mindful of what it is that goes through our minds and what charges emotional charges we give to those thoughts that's actually the most important thing a thought in itself without the investment of emotion be it a negative emotion or passion or aliveness and support and love um, don't have that much power. There is some, but it's lightweight in comparison to when we charge it up with valences, with electrical energy, and we really power it up. So, worry not about the passage of thoughts through the mind like you know clouds in the sky that's not the issue although one wants to be mindful and one wants to populate one's mind with either um either healthy thoughts loving thoughts compassionate thoughts productive thoughts prosperous thoughts gentle thoughts, kind thoughts, or no thought at all until you need thought. And then you summon it up. How's that for an idea? That you use your mind when you need it. And when you don't, you put it aside. You let it just sink into your body where so much of the present day, moment to moment, nowness, action is. That's right. The body, babe, the body is a powerhouse and a power source. And allow the mind to dwell in the body, either in the center, in Chinese, what was referred to as the Dan Tian, the elixir field, or in the heart. Or if you're moving as an exercising in the fullness of your physical body, might be your legs, wherever. Your mind is inhabiting and dwelling in your body, not in the head brain. Interesting? You betcha. Where do we get this kind of education? Well, you have to look far and wide for it. But those of you who know a better world and those of you who know these types of integrated, holistic thinkers then you will have greater access. And certainly that's what I bring to the table here at A Better World and in the website and everything else, including mitchellraben.com, by the way, m-i-t-c-h-e-l-l-r-a-b-i-n.com, which is the website describing my various uh, counseling, consulting, and therapeutic services, mediation, and Conflict resolution. It's all truly of a piece. Communication, inner communication, outer stress management, stress reduction, relating to ourselves and our world in more positive and more productive and real, I dare say real ways. So once we have in a sense, harness our mind, after we've made friends with our mind, after we start using it instead of it using us. I like to quote the name of the book and the book itself of an old teacher of mine uh, named Richard Bandler, who's one of the founders of Neuro Linguistic Programming, a.k.a. NLP, used to always say, well, the name of his book, Using a Brain for a Change. <laughs> yeah, you got it, Richard. And that's emblematic of his wonderful sense of humor. Anyway, yes, once we have that, in a sense, uh, related to, not necessarily mastered, but we have configured it into our larger holistic understanding of what's healthy, And we've engaged the use of our imagination. And another wonderful phrase that uh, my dear colleague and friend Diane Collins has uh, been using for years and is the name of part of the name of her book, Do You Quantum Think? Quantum thinking have we engaged the quantum field in our thinking, the morphogenetic field? And come to understand that, uh, come to understand that our thinking is influencing our body all the time, and the field around us all the time, and that we can become brilliantly quantum thinkers and go whole out of the box where we do not even see the box anymore. That gets interesting where we can open time, when we can collapse time, and we can associate things together. I'm another one of my great uh teachers really is Dr. Joe Dispenza, who I've had on these airwaves before, whose work I very much appreciate, who reminds us from back in the film What the Bleep Do We Know, where he was one of the experts speaking, uh that the neurons that fire together wire together. So we can create our own reality, truly can, by what we deliberately decide to wire together. And when we wire it together, that is the power of association. So we can wire together ideas like I want to be healthy with I am healthy. I love making choices that support my health. I love me. I love my body. I take care of my body. I am not my body, but I have a body. And I work to, I seek to, and I accomplish the taking care of my body in an easy way gentle, loving, disciplined way. Every single day, every single hour, and every single moment, it's ongoing. It's happening now that I am caretaking of my body. And you can say the same thing of your emotions. I am not my emotions. But I have emotions. I am aware of their movement. I am aware of the motion of my emotions. And I marshal them. I manage them. I encourage feelings of love, kindness, and compassion. I encourage inner well-being. I manifest inner peace. I am tranquil. I feel tranquil. I have an inner sense of dignity and well-being. Every hour of every day, every moment of every day, I am in the now with my emotions. And we started, of course, with thinking and the body. And there you have the triumvirate mind, emotions, body. And that's plenty to keep us busy for a long time. <laughs> this is Mitchell J. Rabin for A Better World. And uh, I'm so glad you're listening and tuning in yet again. Uh, it's such a pleasure to have you all. It's like having a wonderful um Dinner, and a lot of people at my table, and we can sit and drink healthy drinks and toast to well being. Salute everyone, and it's just a pleasure. And part of the extension of our dinner table goes to our websites, a betterworld.tv and mitchellraven.com. And there you can uh, partake and you can sup of the rich elements the cuisine, if you will, of thinking and creating and engaging in a better world. And so I, I definitely bring you into that space. Now, to continue, I hear an interesting um, sound in the background and I'll just have to let that run its course because that's um, uh A cell phone I borrowed because we're in such a uh, remote area here in Naples. It's not downtown Naples. We're at a retreat center that my regular New York City-based cell phone doesn't operate so well here. So uh, let's return now that we've dealt with thinking as the first step in actualizing optimum health and wellness, and we've looked at our emotions. Now, let's take a moment and look at stress. Yeah, right, stress. Well, gee, guess what? If we're stressed, we could have the most perfected uh, cuisine, the most beautiful, healthy, organic food and juices and smoothies and power shakes and protein shakes and everything being green and lean and healthy and just the good fats and just the good, you know, sugars and everything else impeccable. And it won't matter a whole lot. You say, why? Why? Come on, Mitchell, get off it, man. We know better than that. Uh-uh. No. The power of stress is so great that doctors, the AMA, has said that stress, not our eating habits, stress is the greatest source of all disease. So let's really think this through, okay? Excess stress is really what we're talking about, not stress. Everyone has Varying degrees of stress, varying levels of stress. And it is that that actually keeps us healthy and keeps us alive. I know that sounds contradictory. It's not. It's excess stress. The healthy stress. You stress. (laughs) Funny, funny phrase. But distress, excess stress. That's the problem. If we didn't have any stress, we couldn't build our body. You have to put your body under stress in order to break it down so it can rebuild to be stronger. That's the way it works. You build, break down in order to build up. That's the process. Ask any bodybuilder. That's the way it goes. Any runner, any athlete, whatsoever. That's so, so well known. But if you add Excess to that, that becomes unmanageable and and really distressing, very disturbing that somebody would say, I am under too much stress. That's excess stress, is what this warning label is about. We can have one angry outburst and all of the vitamin C in our liver and our bloodstream can be shot. In an instant, let's just say that we take lots of really quality uh, nutritional supplements. Let's say we had a delicious grapefruit for breakfast. We're teeming with bioflavonoids and vitamin C, and we raise our voice and our child or our spouse or our employee or at the person crossing in front of us on the street, not looking because they're busy texting. And our emotions reach a certain pitch and our body has its biochemical, bioelectrical, biohormonal reaction, cascading all of these into our bloodstream and through our capillaries into our tissue and our organs. We just blew it. So having a handle on stress, excess stress is absolutely tantamount to health, happiness, and well-being. It's, it's really the way it is. I'm giving you the hierarchy as I see it. If you want to disagree, God bless. But I can show you how this works. So managing stress, which then means managing our relationships, which means managing our communication. These are all the sources of most of our excess stress, just these areas. It happens at home. It happens at work. It happens in our family. This is where we experience it. Or when we read the newspaper, frankly, these days, we can become very excessively distressed. So we want to watch out for these things. And it doesn't mean that we don't have a feeling about the things that are upsetting. Of course, it doesn't mean that. We're supposed to have feelings and lots of them. It's cool. It's part of the... Magnificence is the garden of living, of life itself. We will have different feelings with different colors and tones and hues. It's not that. Different levels of subtlety. We invite these. But when we get over the top with stress, emotionally, psychologically, you know exactly what I'm talking about. That is where the trouble begins to brew. And when it goes the next step from excess to unmanageable, this is where we begin to literally break down. Our body begins to break down. Our immune function begins to break down. Hormones are not being released in proper sequence and volume. Everything gets congested. What we call uh, it's blocked qi. It's blocked life force. Blocked energy. Okay? Or stagnancy. Or in Chinese medicine, when we refer to the blood in this way, we refer to congealed blood. These are the types of things that occur when we are not taking truly proper care of ourselves. Now it's so important that you understand this hierarchy of looking at our thoughts first and then looking at our emotions next because we're understanding how our thoughts and emotions are interfacing constantly with our body. Should I summon up some backup? Shall I refer you to uh, the work of Candace Pert P-E-R-T the molecules of emotion. Should I refer to you to the work of Joe Dispenza that shows the role of mind and brain in the uh, physical life and in healing that we take a look at the placebo effect which demonstrates so uh, so loudly the effect of the mind and the emotions and belief systems on the physical body? Shall I refer you to Dr. Bruce Lipton, cellular biologist, the author of Biology of Belief? Shall I refer you to the work of John Kabat-Zinn, who has demonstrated over and again the effect of meditation on the physical body? That means the mind on the physical body and, in a sense, over? Should I refer you to the work of Herbert Benson, the relaxation response, reaching back, at this point, 30 years, demonstrating, confirming, corroborating the same fundamental notions? When you really have that down, you're really then... Spending your money wisely by eating really quality, really nutritious, organic, life, live food. Yes. And that's the hierarchy. That's the hierarchy as I have come to know it by experience and by study. So... Working with people for years in these domains. And many people put the cart before the horse, and you can do that, and that's okay. But when you recognize things as I've laid them out, and you start to also engage the higher brain, and it's just, you know, in the last year that I have gotten trained in something called higher brain living, which really looks at the activation of the prefrontal lobes and the deactivation of the reptilian function, the lower brain, not to deactivate it literally, but to change the proportion of energy really occupying one instead of the other. We'll never have too little energy in the Uh, lower brain in the reptilian brain. It's just, it's not actually biologically possible because we wouldn't survive if it did not maintain and sustain a certain level of energy and awareness. It's there, it's underlying. But there's so much energy that can be directed and focused into the prefrontal cortex. And the good news is there that the research has shown that that's where we all begin to feel a sense of brotherhood, sisterhood, of humanity, of compassion, of love, of well-being, a more powerful place for imagination, for creativity, for intuition, This is the home and the treasure chest of our future possibility and our present possibility. It's also the place, that harmonious, coherent place where we then actually access the heart. And I actually like to call it the heart brain because it is. It's really part of our electrical system. It's part of our nervous system. I know it's broken out into a circulatory system, and and that's fine, because that's true too. But again, this underscores the idea that we are holistic in Chinese medicine. We talk about 14 basic meridians, but we all know that there's really one meridian. But we like to distinguish different parts of that one meridian, because we can utilize them for different purposes and you could say segregate and distinguish between the kinds of problems of imbalances that can occur and we don't have to always engage the whole body although we technically really are but we could you could say segment things with specialty item of dealing just with a you know an upset stomach or a headache or a Um, you know, sprained wrist or what have you, so you understand. I think you understand systemic thinking for sure. Anyway, now we have entered the realm of food, and when you do that, you want to, of course, look at living food. I mean, it only makes sense. Why wouldn't you want a living food, healthy food? And when it comes to vegetables, you want to be looking, of course, at green vegetables because the research on green vegetables, not to mention our own intuition that has us gravitate toward them, is that they are full of B vitamins. They are also chock full of protein and they come also with such an array of minerals and trace minerals that these can keep us alive for a long time. Green vegetables, you bet. It's funny, isn't it? And if you juice them, you're getting the enzymes as well instead of cooking them. There are some foods that it is especially good to cook. It's true, so I am not an advocate of an all-raw diet. Because, again, science has shown us that there are certain vegetables whose um, nutritional properties become liberated only with the presence of heat. Or their nutritional profile is greatly enhanced through the presence of heat. Interesting. Uh, I knew about carrots going back many, many decades. And we find the same thing to be so with Uh, With um, tomatoes and uh, there are others. I believe asparagus is part of that as well and there are others. I'll have to refer to my mentor in nutrition one of them I should say uh, Gary Null for more of those items but there are many so this is not a question of raw or cooked. This is a question of which are best for us in which state. And we also want to take a look at the season. So when it's cold out there and it's the winter, having things that have heat, which comes to us through Chinese medical energetics and gastronomy, things that have heat in them, both temperature-wise as well as things like cayenne, yes, uh, can be very, very, very salubrious. So let's remember that. But overall, I'm going to make some generalizations. Eating organic is obvious. Uh, Some of us were talking today that in our grandparents' time, the word organic probably didn't even exist in this context because food was organic, because it was grown without pesticides, herbicides, insecticides um, of any sorts, even uh, artificial fertilizers. They just ate food that came from the garden um, and even even um, you know the more you could say uh industrial sources were more natural until well what you know um, the turn of the twentieth century, perhaps by nineteen thirty three the u s Department of Agriculture stated that the soil in America was already depleted of minerals. So by then, agribusiness uh, had already begun its processes of monoculture. And um, I don't know the details of this, but I can feel pretty assured that the depletion of the minerals is a result of that kind of industrialized (laughs) agriculture, which does no one. Any good. It appears to be good, but it is one of those things where don't be taken on by appearance. Go for the real thing. So, eating organic food today uh, can be life saving and money saving. Oh, yes, it is more costly up front. That's true. But when you take in a certain number of toxins, Because of the way non-organic food is made, cultivated, uh, the health costs go up because the disease costs are so great. So you want to eat well. You want to focus on vegetables and fruits. It's obvious we have a long-term natural hygiene tradition That even Kellogg was part of way back then at the turn of the 20th century. And um, there are just, you know, a whole array of uh, erets. There are just so many brilliant people who were encouraging the uh, diets based on healthy vegetables and fruits. And uh, for Overall, there's no question that this kind of diet, it's just been proven over and over again, is what we really want most. Now, certainly many people have meat in their diet, fowl in their diet, and fish in their diet, but we also know that while we may have been raised on these foods and we've cultivated a taste for some of these foods, uh, the way they are by and large raised today and manufactured and produced and fished and farmed today are not healthy at all. You can ask a good question, which is, can we use our mind to detoxify these things? Well, you know what? Is our attitude important when it comes to these things? I'll say yes. Yes, the mind is important. However, however, no one who is working on their health, cultivating their health, wants to put anything that's toxic into their body knowingly. You just don't want to do it. If you've got a habit of doing it, then you have to deal with a habit. And you may overcome that habit quickly or gradually, whichever but it's certainly the direction in which to go. And after we eat and maintain a healthy um, diet of food and nutritional supplements, yes, I will say that as well, and we, we juice, so we get a concentrated amount of nutrition, and then we cleanse through such things as enemas or colonics, and yes, that's also a bit controversial for some people, Uh, but, you know, the Essenes, there's an interesting book that suggests that in the Essene gospel of peace, a particular part of it referred to Jesus as using a gourd and the others, his disciples, as a means of cleansing their colon, oh yes. So it looks like it's an ancient practice. And with all of the toxic materials, we tend to take in one way or another through food, through drink, through, you know, deception, through air. Our body itself, our largest, largest organ is our skin, which is breathing constantly, Um, considering doing enemas and or colonics. Colon therapy is very, very smart. I think so. Again, this is personal opinion. In fact, all of this is personal opinion. A lot of it, however, really based in a lot of observation, experience, and science. So to continue, I'm going to continue until I finish this piece. (laughs) and uh, It's not that much longer, but a little bit. Uh, we have established a healthy diet. In order to have a healthy diet, there are so many places to turn. I know the paleo diet is considered very healthy these days, and it's certainly very popular, and there are certainly aspects of it that can be very, very healthy. But to think, and uh, Gary Null was very funny about this, just uh, a month or two ago on his show on PRN, um, said that the, the paleolithic people, were really hunters and gatherers, and they went from feast to famine to feast to famine as a cycle. And there wasn't much very healthy in that at all. So if you really want to talk paleo, you have to really look at the paleolithic, <laughs> and uh, not just a word in a uh, in a cookbook. Uh, but um, it's funny, but certainly the eating of nuts and raisins. And the goons, along with the vegetables, are very healthy. Eating healthy fats is required for good brain function. So we're not at all ever in this whole talk talking about one thing or another. We're talking about clean, good thinking with good feeling, with reduced stress, with manageable stress, with, clean eating and drinking and sleeping, getting a good night's sleep, or if you don't want to do it all at night, no problem, taking a little nap. Where did the siesta come from? It comes from the body's knowing, then people's knowing on a community level, which then becomes a cultural habit, tradition, effect, that we need to rest. And that's the yin part of the yang, the exertion and the resting period. So getting, you know, I think the science shows literally seven to eight hours of rest in a given 24-hour period. And that doesn't mean that it all has to be at the same time. It doesn't. But getting that amount of rest out of 24 hours, it's one third of the full Day And that's what we want to be taking a look at. That's what it is. I'm being called and here it's allowed. <laughs> but it too will pass. It too will pass while I complete and conclude this part of becoming and maintaining optimum health and wellness. We've got the mind, we've got the emotions. We've got the stress. We've got the body. We are talking about becoming masterful through our minds over our body so we're no longer slaves to our body. And all sorts of practices from qigong to meditation support this kind of mastery that is where we're going. This is buttressed by making healthy choices every single day, and at every time of the day. And those some of those choices involve what we put into our body, that we eat healthy foods, and you have so many abundant places to find information about that. I had Ocean Robbins on, John Robbins' son, not long ago, who is truly um, committed Healthy food for our our society. I had on Karen Ramsey, who wrote a book about raw food and attachment parenting. If you remember, Karen's been on a couple of times over the years. I've had other nutritionists. I've had Gary Noe on these airwaves over the years, as well as on TV. So there is no shortage at all of information about what is best, optimal, to put into your body. So I want to also add to that pure, clean, healthy, vibrant, living water. And I know there's a big discussion and controversy over alkalized water. It sounds good on the surface, or ozonated water. It sounds good on the surface. It makes a certain, within a narrow band, logical sense but i'm i'm not completely convinced of the ozonated water that's for sure and the alkaline water probably could be very good i know there's science i know there's a lot of testimonial i think that there's a lot of validity to it so i certainly wouldn't discourage it i have an alkalizing water system in my own home so i haven't been using it but i do other I take other steps to help to alkalize water, and I hope that it helps. And I will add to that that my belief system, our belief systems, about anything helps to buttress the effect of the thing itself. So put your mind behind things that are biologically healthy so you're supported by nature herself. Now, these are the component parts of True inner peace, healthy body, healthy mind, well-being. This is a holistic perspective. There is more. We have to expand to outer ecology to look at context of living, context of working, feng shui of both. We want to look at the systems of our society. We want to look at systems and behaviors and attitudes and the emotional life of our planet all of these are impacting us in the morphogenetic field that's getting big folks and that's looking at holism and health from the real point of view there's much more it's very cool consider this a step in the direction of becoming and maintaining optimum health and wellness and what i've shared with you today can carry you far in the establishment of this health. I want to also say that the more we access our higher brain, it seems to have an incredibly salubrious effect on our physical body, on our biology. It's very interesting, and no one of us really understands at this point so well how that works, what the mechanisms are, but we have observed that healing of a profound sort, even healing that you could call miraculous, occurs when we are truly in our power spots. And our power spots, I'm saying again, our, our higher brain, which, is, which are our prefrontal cortex, our heart cortex, and our gut cortex. There are ganglia, there are neuroreceptor sites in each of these places. There's actually neuroreceptor sites strewn throughout the body. What we're learning is phenomenal in the fields of physiology and neurophysiology. It's just phenomenal. And it's very encouraging because it gives us the principle of neuroplasticity and that allows us to change. Yes, to change, to shift, to grow, to evolve, indeed. So I'm beginning to sound like Shakespeare. Um, I'm playing with you. But play, if you don't have smiling, if you don't have laughter, if you don't have play, it's all for naught. I mean, naught. So let's get real. Let's take ourselves seriously, Our Psychological, our mental, our emotional, our spiritual, and our physical health all harmonize together. And when we become a leader and a model of all of these as best we can, and our energy, our chi is flowing magnificently, We will live a long life, oh, far beyond what's discussed. And a healthy life, not just a long life. What good is a long life without health? Not much. So these are the ways of I invite you all to think and to engage yourselves and take your next steps in this life. I also, through a better world, offer Uh, what's called harmonic energetic balancing and balancing uh, for individuals in a individual life session, a biofeedback session that really actually regards the energy fields in and around the body through the nervous system. And this is another way of balancing health. So with that, I want to just thank you all for your rapt attention. It's such a gift to me, and I hope this is a gift to you. Again, the websites are mitchellraben.com, and to get the free newsletter, abetterworld.tv, as well as to learn of who the guests will be, if there are guests, in a given show, the Monday evening television show at 7 Eastern Standard Time, New York, 7 p.m., uh, Tuesday afternoon, 3 p.m., for Progressive Film Hour with Mitchell Rabin, and of course, A Better World with Mitchell Rabin here on Blog Talk Radio. And everything but everything is in archive on dot betterworld.tv, also on Blog Talk Radio, also on prn.fm. The only place you'll find them all is a betterworld.tv. The others are segregated by shows, type of show, whether it's a PRN show or blog talk radio. So with that said, I also want to let you all know that we are becoming, at A Better World, a foundation, a nonprofit organization. It's in process, and that will give you all tax-deductible donations to us to help keep us on the air, alive, and growing, okay, and thriving. And we need to do that. We need new equipment. We need help. We need hands-on. We've got an incredible library that we want to be able to bring to YouTube and to uh, streaming, which we have on our website. Um, And uh, I encourage you all to look at it. And the streaming is all of $5.99 a month. And it's renewable by the month. You're not locked into anything yet. Even if you do one month's worth, you will get so many dozens of shows from A Better World. My interviews with the sung and the unsung heroes of society since 19, well, not really since 1993, but certainly the mid to late 90s on through to today. And uh, we sell the DVDs also on Amazon for you know what would ultimately cost you know it's 1995 plus shipping you know it ends up costing about 23 dollars and you can have yes you get the DVD and yes it looks good it's nicely packaged you can also have all of what I have listed. Uh, on a stream a video stream for all of $6 even a little less for a month so whichever suits you please become part of our A Better World project and community we so appreciate your presence pass this on also to your to your family, to your friends to your parents, to your loved ones to your children and Keep the ball rolling. It's such a pleasure. I love hearing from you as well how you absorb this information and what you think at mjr at abetterworld.net. mjr at abetterworld.net. And we are also looking for interns, administrative, and video interns. Just contact me at that website, at that email address if you are interested. Thanks so much, and I look forward to seeing you all next week.